Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 Pacific Time, 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Central Time, and 9.40 Eastern U.S. Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you have missed these calls, you can pick them up on an application called SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast through by putting in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and either Solutions, the Digit 4, Anti-Aging, or TR90 with Frank Lomas. And these calls will pop up. They're now archived back now, 11 plus years. Last couple of years, we've actually been putting in um, not only the host name and the date, but also the topic of the call. If you are listening to this and it's a podcast and you wish to catch it live, if you dial into 1712-775-8972, and when it prompts for the code, put in 910022. You can join us live, and we would be thrilled to have you along with us. With that being said, for those of you that do not know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. Welcome you to this TR90 call. Thrilled to have you along with us. Um, the uh, that TR90 program when you're first starting out is that really good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at least three of those meals. Seven plus serving of fruits and vegetables every single day. Um, let's see. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking 50 ounces of water daily. Seven to nine hours of good quality sleep a night. That really helps such um, clear things out of your body system, sets your brain up for making good decisions the next day. It does a multitude of things which is why I included in as one of our really good habits to have. 30 minutes of moderate to have you exercise at least five days a week, considering that this is a lifestyle change and this is something you're going to be doing moving forward. Make sure that it's something you enjoy. And switch it up periodically. Make your body stop and think what it's actually doing so that it makes it a little bit harder because that will actually um, help build additional muscle. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal, if at all possible. If it's not possible, do take them with your meals. It'll still work. It's not quite as effective as it would be beforehand, but it will still work. With that being said, today I'm sharing some information that helps support our TR90 lifestyle out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity, and Disease. And it was written by Robert H. Lustig, MD, MSL. And last week I got into food addiction, factor fallacy, and we talked about tolerance, withdrawal, and binging. And the next four items in that list are desire or attempts to cut down and or quit, cravings or thinking, 
interference with life and used despite negative consequences. So let's jump into number four here because that's where we left off. Desire or attempts to cut down or quit. As previously mentioned, diets and miracle drugs generate over $160 billion annually. Those who are overweight or obese are almost always on some new diet kick or are frequently weight cycling or yo-yoing, which means gaining, losing, gaining, losing. Juicing, cleansing, meat only, carbs only, the grass for any possible pollution, and it's almost never sustainable. After a period of days, weeks, or months, they frequently binge on the substance from which they are abstaining, which is often sugar, and the weight is gained back. The sense of failure and ensuing depression can be overwhelming. The obese then read a new article or book about the latest craze and begin the cycle again ad infinitum. It's not that they aren't trying. Their lives are often consumed by these attempts. Number five, craving or seeking. This is described as an intense drive to self-administer drugs. In food addiction research, craving is illustrated by the motivation to seek food. Drug craving and seeking has been experimentally described as a form of learning where the dopamine signaling facilitates the consolidation of memory, past experiences are used to inform the future, decisions, and rats press, quote, the lever, unquote, for drugs that they learn that it is rewarding. We press the credit card button for frappuccinos, in our case. Number six, interfere with life. This is defined by important work, social, and other life activities being compromised. Obesity can significantly hamper an individual's quality of life. Mobility is markedly more difficult. Airlines may refuse you passage if you don't fit into the seat, and employers often refuse to hire you based on your weight. Diabetes can lead to limb amputation, requiring use of a wheelchair, during the 30 days of Spurlock's supersizing adventure, he gained 24.5 pounds, experienced mood swings, sexual dysfunction, and fat accumulation in his liver. While his experience of eating every meal at McDonald's may be deemed extreme, these physical and physiological effects occurred with only a, within an, only a 30-day period. And number seven, we use despite negative consequences. This is defined as continued use despite knowledge that use will make the problems worse. The health consequences associated with obesity are numerous. Despite knowing and experiencing these health problems, the eating pattern continues unabated. So what makes fast food addictive? Well, in humans, food addiction is often compared to established criteria for substance dependence. One problem with this approach is that it shifts focus away from the potential addictive properties of the food onto the individual 
afflicted with the addiction. We prefer to focus on the addictive potential of the food itself by placing it in the scope of other identified substances of abuse. Alcohol is the most analogous substance to fast food for several reasons, including its biochemistry. Fast food is high in calories, sugar, fat, salt, and caffeine. It is highly processed, energy-dense, and specifically designed to be highly palatable. The majority of the fiber and, and a portion of the vitamins and minerals present in the original food have been extracted in the process. Salt, sugar, and other additives have been used to boost the flavor. The end product is packaged and sold conveniently to deliver the contents, which of these components could be addictive, or are they addictive altogether? Hmm, there's a thought. A market share analysis of McDonald's, the largest hamburger chain in the world, shows that its Big Mac and French fries are the top two popular menu items. Extra value meals constitute 70% of the purchases at McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burgerville. The most popular combination at McDonald's is a Big Mac, medium fries, and a medium regular soda. 1,130 calories score at the, the time that this was printed, 595. But we are talking about addiction here, so let's make it large. Consider a food label for a typical fast food meal consisting of a Big Mac, large fries, and large Coke, which is 32 ounces about. No percentage of daily value is included for sugar because there is currently no recommended daily intake for sugar. So for the nutritional facts for this whole meal, which is 1,360 calories, Calories from fat is 520. Your total fat is 68 grams or 89% of your daily value. Saturated fat is 12% or 59%. Your trans fat is 1.5 grams. Your cholesterol is 80 grams or 89%. Sodium is 89 grams of sodium. Total carbohydrates is 190 grams or 63%. Dietary fiber is 10 grams of fiber, which is 40% of what you need for a day, supposedly. Sugars are 95 grams. Protein is 32 grams. So that almost is, um, that is right in that neighborhood of where you should be for your grams of protein. And vitamin A is 8%. Vitamin C is 20%, calcium is 30%, iron is 30%, and it's all been based on a diet of approximately 2,000 calories per day. So a Big Mac, large fries, and soda. Well, that's two-thirds of the standard daily of your daily allotment, and that 1,380 milligrams of sodium is almost entirely your day's allotment. So imagine with all of that, it's just not healthy. 
And for your sugar, well, that's 19 teaspoons of sugar or 390 calories, which is more than double what the American Heart Association recommends per day for your sugar. Keep in mind that 50% of the American population is consuming this or a similar meal at least once a week. So this sample meal contains 130, uh, 1,380 milligrams of sodium or salt. In 2005, the dietary guidelines for the Americans provided a total upper intake level of 2,300 milligrams of salt per day, which is why the daily value of the sample meal is 54%. The processed foods of many sorts contribute more than 1,000 or 3,400 milligrams of sodium per day to the average American diet. Salt is one method by which the food industry can preserve foods and increase their shelf life. So salt and calories almost always go hand in hand. Think potato chips. But is it addictive? Data to support addiction to salt are currently confined to animal models Studies in rats show dopamine signaling in response to salt and the administration of opioids encourage binging on salt. However, in humans, salt intake has traditionally been conceived as a learned preference rather than an addiction. The preference for salty foods is likely learned early in life. Four to six-month-old infants establish a salt preference based on the sodium content of breast milk. Water used to mix the formula and the rest of their diet. But clearly, people can moderate their salt intake. And for example, patients who crave salt due to diseases of the adrenal gland can reduce their salt intake when given the appropriate medicine. Also, people's taste for salt can be retrained, and hypertensive adults can be retrained to lower salt diet within 12 weeks. So based on the criteria for an addictive salt substance, salt doesn't make the cut. And I think I'm going to stop there because if I jump into the fat and the caffeine part of this, um, we'll run over. With that, this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, signing out. At the top of the hour, if you scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business if that's something you're interested in. Come back and join us here again tomorrow and we'll pick up where we left off. I want to wish you a really great holiday. For those of you that just started Hanukkah, happy Hanukkah to you. And those of you that are coming up on Christmas, happy Christmas. With that, I'm going to take us off of mute so we can say goodbye to each other. And I welcome any thoughts or comments you may have. So there we have it, my friends, how we can get into so much trouble with fast food and why it can be addictive. And we're going to be looking a little bit more at that as the week goes by a little bit. Remember to... Celebrate, but celebrate in moderation. That is really the key. And 
Consistency does help get you to where you want to be with that. If there's no other thoughts or comments, I am going to let us all go, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>